0: You're listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Hey, yo, hey, yo, what up? It's your boy, Al Mega, and another Comic Crusaders podcast. Good day to everyone, one and all. What up? Today, we have a fantastic show because. We have two legends right here, for real. And they also, their project is about a legend, but a very bad guy. You know what I feel? In real life, that inspired a movie that we all love. Who am I talking about? First off, let me introduce the legendary creative comics like The Goon and Hillbilly. I mean, publishing is on press, the one only Eric Powell. What's up, brother? How's it going? All righty, all righty. And then... We have your partner that's coming up right now. He's the author of two crime classics, like *The Deviant* and *Serial Killer Files*, and he's collaborating with uh, Eric right now on this amazing book, *The One and Only Harold Schechter, Weppa Hey, how you doing, what's going on, brother? Come on, man. It's
1: a little hard to match your energy this early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and,
0: and, and I've only had one yeah, yeah. cup of coffee. I'm like, I'm know. up. I'm ready. To this. I blame this. My father-in-law came from uh, New York and brought me this bottle from uh, Santo Domingo. It's called Añejo. Oh, nice. And let me tell you, I had this last night and I don't remember when I went to bed. <laughs> I was thinking about how did I get in bed last night? Well, wow. you know, it's great stuff. But what's really great stuff is this project that you guys have. It's an original graphic novel all about America's most one of America's most notorious uh, killers ever Ed Gene. And I love the title. Did you hear what Ed Gene done? <laughs> I love it. Uh, I mean, so. Before we get into that, give us some insight of how you guys hooked up to collaborate on this. How was this conversation? How did this come up? Like, yo, yeah, I want to do a two hundred and twenty page graphic novel on Ed Gene.
2: Uh, I'll let Eric take that. He would say inspiration.
0: <clears throat> okay. I I, uh,
1: I was driving through Wisconsin and uh, just a very desolate area, and, and because I was very familiar with the story of of Gene, uh. I started getting ideas about how it might be interesting to do a graphic novel based around his isolation. But being a huge fan of Harold, I had already read Deviant several times, and (laughs) I thought, well, there's no way I'll do anything better than that. But I had the idea that maybe he had learned something new in that time period, and since he had written the book... So I thought well I'll take a shot and reach out to him and see if he might want to collaborate on a graphic novel not thinking at, at all that he would respond. <laughs> uh, but uh luckily for me he turned out to be a huge comic fan and
0: uh um, Oh so yeah excellent. And what was your if as a comic fan were you aware of Eric's work prior
2: Harold? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Uh big fan of the Goon. Yeah, I mean I Back in the day, had an enormous collection of uh, Silver Age marvels, including oh. the first fifty issues of Spider-Man and mint condition, mm. which sadly I had to sell to pay for my first divorce. Oh man!
0: Oh man! Not even on something cool. <laughs> Only your freedom, right now.
2: <laughs> no, I, I keep telling myself, well. If I hadn't sold them, I wouldn't have my children. But then yeah. I keep thinking, not too sure that that was a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- th- those
0: 50 issues are going for a bank right now, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, anyway, yeah, so, you know, a big fan. I, I collected original comic book art. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I always considered uh, Eric to be arguably the greatest comic book illustrator of his generation. So, yeah, when he reached out to me, I, I just leapt at the
0: chance. Oh, man. Uh, It's great, because you guys definitely, because with the way that you draw Eric and and, and those words, Harold, oh, man, this book got me hating hating Ed's mom already. I mean, (laughs) wow, what a psycho person, seriously, I mean where did all that research come from and and that inspirations of how you guys kind of set up those frames and and why those particular frames uh, was that your inspiration, do you want the reader to hate her that much and understand why poor A went ballistic
2: (laughs) yeah well, I mean, in the research, you know, for Deviant, I wrote, Deviant was my first true crime book. <coughs> Excuse me. I wrote it it's probably like 30 years ago now. Oh, wow. But, um, yeah, I did a lot of 1st research, went to Plainfield, uh, spoke to people who knew the Gein family, uh, who had known Ed. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I based, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of... Uh, Psychiatric reports on his background and what happened between him and his mother. So all all that research was there. You you know, obviously Eric transformed it into this amazing uh, visual experience. Yeah,
0: Uh, amazing indeed. Let's take a look real quick.
2: Oh, I was going to say, I think
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a little hard to have sympathy for Augusta.
0: (laughs) Oh man, when you yo. It's really, the way that you dig in, just her facial expressions as well. I mean, I feel bad, of course, when she gets, you know, kind of banged up, too, because that, mm-hmm. that family was very uh, twisted, weren't they? I do think going on.
2: Yeah. Well, the great thing that Eric did was he represented Augusta in the way that Ed Gein experienced her. So, I mean, that's one of the great, great, brilliant things about, you know, the art he produced. Was that mm-hmm. he really got into Ed Gein's head? His subjective experience of Augusta. Mm-hmm. There that, was when one... you
0: see that difference too between Henry yeah. and Ed, how Ed feels and I mean, and Henry. Henry wants out, poor guy, and yeah. Ed is like, "How dare you talk about mother this way?" He's like, "What is wrong with you?" boy? <laughs> yeah. And again, you say the art. I mean, just look at this one scene. Uh, when you open a book, this is gorgeous, bro. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it, it was interesting. I remember when we were working on one section of the book, and I was concerned that you would have too much sympathy for for Ed's dad. But uh, Harold, you know, made a good point that the, the, every person in this story is flawed. You know, there's time. there's there's you can have sympathy for them, but at the same time, we're 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 laying out that they were not great people. You know. Mm-hmm. There were human people. They were flawed, you know, and they, they definitely flawed, but yeah, it's, uh, we, we didn't want to want it to be too one-sided or, or have a character too one-dimensional. I guess Augusta is the most one-dimensional character, but it's hard
0: to portray her as anything else when she, you know, she was so extreme.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and why did you choose to, to add this in as well with, with the Alfred Hitchcock in this way and that, and how that line that he dropped, what was it <laughs> about morality? I'm like, whoa, wow! Is it his fault that, that we got that the, now the psycho stuff in court? <laughs> yeah. He could get away with it. Is it Alfred Hitchcock's fault? <laughs> well,
2: I mean, all those uh, all those uh, quotes from Hitchcock come from a famous interview he did with the French director Francois Truffaut. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, those are all verbatim quotes, which you know, Eric wow. uh, came up with an incorporated. But, you know, Gein was always most famous as the inspiration for Norman Bates and Psycho. You know, the guy who wrote the novel Psycho, Robert Block, that the movie was based on, was living in Wisconsin, not far from Greenfield at the time the Gein story broke. So, and if you read the novel Psycho, when they fat finally cap- capture Norman Bates, he talks about how the newspapers keep comparing him to Ed Gein. So, you know, <laughs> and Hitchcock was aware there was a true life basis. Yeah. I'm not sure he knew all the details, but.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. But that line, I mean, he was definitely a very smug person then. It's like, I ain't going to blame me. Yeah. Why, <laughs> uh, like, yo, what movies did the guy watch when the, First, murder the first lady. I'm like, wow, he really said this. Is wow, he was he he was wilding. I think mm-hmm. it's com- you can make the comparison that
1: you know where people say video games are causing yes, you know, violence and stuff. Now it's the same. It's the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, comic or, books caused it back in the day
1: too, apparently. Right. <laughs> yeah. the Comics Code Authority was created because they thought comic books were turning kids into juvenile delinquents. Mm-hmm. So it's always been. Uh, you know, a blame entertainment kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh man. So when you guys did the Kickstarter, did you kind of expect that Kickstarter to kick the butt that it did?
1: I, I was hopeful. I didn't know. I mean when <laughs> you you put yourself out there like that, it's it's difficult because, you know, I'm I'm putting my name out there and Harold's name and our company you know, and what happens if we don't fund it? That's bad. You know, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's a black eye. But uh, you know, uh, thankfully we we did really well. So
0: yeah. excellent. And how was that your first experience with a Kickstarter? Oh
2: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I have I did once con- or twice actually contribute to Kickstarter campaigns because a couple of friends of mine were doing these documentary films. But yeah, no, Eric just contacted me one day. Asked how to feel about you know doing this Kickstarter campaign. I was fine with it. Again, Eric, as was true through most of the collaboration, did the lion share of the work. <laughs> so yeah, but it was great. But I must say, like I was following you know once the Kickstarter thing got started, I was following it obsessively. You know every yeah. <laughs>
0: day. <laughs> on your phone every five minutes where is it at now where is it at now i I, I get it man i'm like that too i want to show people i mean it looked dope i mean eight one thousand eight hundred eighty backers and they you got one hundred three thousand fifty two dollars amazing and that was the goal i mean slightly over three almost three times over over that i mean amazing and and multiple levels uh, actually let me play the trailer too let me have to stop the screen for a moment and re-add it because it has audio (laughs) and let's share that with the folks right here too
2: This is Harold Schechter. Very delightedly, I am working on a graphic novel with Eric Powell. I've always wanted to do a graphic novel. Eric reached out to me. Uh, you know, it's going to afford us the opportunity.
0: Oh, so sick and creepy, that music. Oh, man. <laughs> Love it. And is it two different editions, then? We have a hardcover and a softcover? Well, this, the... The
1: book stand edition, the regular edition, is a hardcover. But for the Kickstarter, the Kickstarter
0: was for a signed, special edition hardcover. Oh, dope, dope! And if people wanted to pick up this book now, they could get it now.
1: No, it's it's coming out in August. I hold on, I'll look up the exact date because we had to change our release by a week. Oh, really? Due to printer. Problems at the printer. Uh, August eleventh, it will be in oh,
0: comic shop. Oh man, folks, this is over a two hundred plus page original graphic novel. I mean, it's it, it's it's gorgeous. Again, I'm halfway through it right now, and again, I'm obsessed. I can't wait to get back and finish before I start kind of working on my stuff. <laughs> I gotta I gotta finish. Are we gonna get more works from you guys after this? Because this is so awesome. awesome I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, are we going to get any of uh, uh, Harold's uh, stuff getting translated in- into maybe some comics? I think we would
1: want to do something original. You think? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, yeah. You mentioned Ooh.
2: yeah. There's a particular uh, crime uh, that Eric mentioned that I haven't written about, and at least I haven't written a book about. But yeah, I would certainly collaborate again with uh, Eric at a moment's notice. Yeah, and it'd be great to do something original. All
0: right, that's another question because you know, again, we. Covid got lifted recently. How were you guys working collaboratively? Everything again through the net. Did Covid affect anything? Slow down anything? Did it make the process easier or better for you guys? You know, since it's more concentrated or something. I
1: don't think it changed anything as far as my my process, you know, other than mentally. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm used to working remote. You know, okay, pretty isolated. So it didn't really change change much.
2: Well, the one thing that did change was Eric was oh, yeah. to, you know, have all this research material mm-hmm. from when I wrote my book and Eric was slated to come visit and take a look at everything I had. <laughs> and of course, you know, that plan got scuttled. So uh, in, there were times when I had to uh, scan stuff and send it to him and so on and so forth or, or make Xeroxes and send him physical copies, still hoping he'll
1: come out to visit. I still want to go through all your stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I <want> to <laughs> yeah.
2: But otherwise, yeah, we collaborated uh, mostly on Zoom. That worked out, right?
0: Okay, excellent. Because then a lot of people, get, you know, this was different, and this was your first experience doing kind of a comic this way. So i just curious how you felt, Harold, you know, just working on a comic that way and this being your first experience instead of having everything at the crib, going through these irons in person and having that, you know, vibe. Well, it was
2: definitely a learning experience for me. You know, I'd obviously never written anything in that format. So, and, you know, at first, Eric and I had slightly different visions of, you know, the story we wanted to tell. But, you know, I would write things out in movie script form and send it to Eric and... You know, Eric did significant revisions, and, you know, we would talk back and forth, and then Eric translated it into, you know, comic book format, sent me the text, I went over that, you know, made some editorial comments, you know, finally that got finalized, and, you know, Eric did his uh, stuff.
0: How long was the overall process from beginning to end, you know, for the story in the book to be done? It was long. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, wow. It, really? was, it was way longer than a, a normal project for me. Also, I was juggling a lot of stuff. I wanted to get started. I don't know, Harold, when did we first start talking? Was it mid-2019 or something like yeah. that? Like, wow. Yeah, there was a long period there where it was kind of dormant because mm-hmm. unlike
2: me, Eric's busy with a lot of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I'm retired now. And, you know, as Eric knows, I spend most of my time on my PlayStation
1: 5 now. But yeah, so Eric was very, busy and oh. everything seemed to be taking longer than, than expected. And I, I think Harold was wondering if I was ever actually going to do the book because yeah. <laughs> it was like, I, w- I had a project slated and it would be like, all right, well, this will take two months. And it ended up taking four oh, wow. and then everything, you know, it happens when you're running a company and your attention is being pulled in so many different directions. You have to juggle so many plates and then, uh, the script, you know, I don't think I took into account how the, the difference between working on a nonfiction script versus mm-hmm. a, the normal stuff that I do, which is I don't have to research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so there was a lot of, you know, and, and just the, the back and forth between getting our, the characters right and, and, you know, really finding the, the through line in the plot that we wanted to, to hit. Mm-hmm. And Eric also, you know, was doing his own
2: original research, you know, and came up with, uh, you know, some really great stuff that in a way hadn't been available to me when I wrote the book. Because, oh, okay. You know, there's no internet
1: back then. Mm-hmm.
0: What well, was internet so, back then? Absolutely. Like, what is that? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I think it's you know, amazing.
1: Yeah. I think it's amazing the research that Harold did for the original book without the internet. I think that it's, it's,
0: it boggles the mind now, right? You're like, it how did does. we live without internet back then? You know, everything's now you know at your keyboard. But back then, that was like thorough work and calling people. Like, how yeah. old oh, man, yo, I salute you, bro. Salute Thank you, you. Thank much you. respect, that OG hustler, man. I love it. Okay, he's from New York. What do you want, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks very much. Appreciate that.
0: Nah, man, bro. And are we gonna get any any, any crime stories from the Bronx, bro? From, from you in comic <laughs> format Maybe You're telling yeah. you telling me you in the Bronx. whatever what era were you in the Bronx? Like what what what, what era was that? Was it the eighties, nineties? What was it? Was it you know Bronx, you know, on fire, or or was Bronx getting fixed up?
2: Dude, I was in the Bronx in the nineteen fifties and sixties.
0: Oh, <laughs> nah,
2: bro. So, no, no, oh. I will. You know, when I was uh, growing up in the Bronx in New York, like the big story was the Cape Man killings. You know, it was all that time that Eric was just talking about. You know, the big thing was, uh, you know, juvenile delinquency and stuff. So, yeah. So, so, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, well, actually, Son of Sam was living in the Bronx. Son of Sam was living in Co-op City, not far away from where I grew up. Oh, Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess that he would be the, you know, the main guy.
0: Huh? <laughs> there you go. The Bronx legend himself. Now, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And I want to ask you, Eric, man, cause you got Albatross funny books, man. You know, you, you had, you were working with previous publishers and then now you're banging out your stuff on your own label. How's that going, man? And how do you even feel ha- having that you know, journey?
1: I love it, but at the same time, it, it can be exhausting. It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of extra work, but we're coming up on, on five years of, of having Albatross as a dedicated publisher. And so I've learned a lot, learned a lot of things, what to do and what not to do. So I'm hoping the next five years go smoother, but, uh, It's been good so far.
0: Excellent. I'm glad to hear that, brother, because again, multi-talented big fans of the Goon and and the Hillbilly. What type of other titles we're going to get, man, from Choice? Any any new things coming up from from that crazy mind of yours?
1: (laughs) (laughs) We have a comedy book that I I did with a couple of writers. One of them is uh, Lucky Yates, who is the voice of Dr. Krieger from Oh My God, I'm Drawing. I just had a brain fart.
0: Happens at our age. Archer. Archer.
1: The show Archer. Anime show Archer. So uh, it's called Lester of the Lesser Gods. It's a post-apocalyptic kind of weird thing. We So it's a one-shot we have coming okay. out uh, soon. Excellent.
0: So. Oh, I can't wait for that. And, and how I know you say you're retired, but what what are you up to besides playing PlayStation? And, and if it's, if it's PS5, what's your jam?
2: Right now, on PS5, I'm working my way through. Spider-Man, Miles Morales, but you know I work. Uh, you know, still writing. No shortage of uh, psychopathic sex killers in our nation's yeah. history, uh, <laughs> right now. Yeah. So yeah, working on a book right now. You know, tell people I'm a human dynamo between eight thirty a.m. and roughly ten thirty a.m. You know, that's good. get all my work done, and then yeah, the rest of the
1: day just down in the basement with my playstation. Harold keeps saying he's retired, but then it's like, "Yeah, I got a book coming out next week." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I am retired
1: from my day job.
0: So. Yeah, that's you know, it, it, that's his New York blood. That's what it is, man. You can't stop, <laughs> you know? hey, man. Oh uh, yeah, uh, man. What are you doing? I'm retired now. What, what we? Yeah, really. So, what are you up to? Oh, I just finished writing my book. I bought some bikes from weightlifting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm cutting up some contracts over here. I mean that's Harold. He he's a player. <laughs> so uh, you say, where can we get see your CEO works though? I mean, do you have anything coming up soon that people could check out? Well, I'd be on the lookout up, for
2: up in the spring, which I'm very happy about. It's called Maniac. The ba- It's about. Uh, it's called the Bath School Disaster, which was uh, happened in 1927 in a small town in Michigan. It's the worst school massacre in United States history. Really? Wow. Uh, and uh, the worst act of domestic terrorism before Timothy McVeigh blew up that building in Oklahoma City. But, you know, very few people remember it for a variety of reasons. That came out, I think, in April, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, so now, yeah, I'm about uh, three quarters of the way through a new book. You know, I don't really like talking too much about the projects I'm working on. while Of I'm course. Working, but, but uh, you know, that should be done by the end of this year and, I guess, out next year. So.
0: Oh, man, he's the man keeping busy. I love it, bro. And I do want to ask you here, though, you know, you have this theme on crime and and, and killers and all. Where did that fascination come from for you?
2: Uh, well, I tell people it partly comes again from growing up when I did back in the 50s and 60s you know, my imagination was so shaped by all these horror movies and EC horror comics, mm. or, you know, all the universal horror monsters that were just being shown on TV. So I grew up with this fascination with horror stories and stories about monsters and, uh, you know, wondering why we need those stories. So, you know, when I wrote Deviant, I, I thought I was actually creating a new literary genre because I thought of it more as true horror than true crime. You know, I was yes. interested in real life monsters whose crimes get turned into these myths and folk stories. But anyway, yeah. So I would say uh, my mind was uh, shaped, if not warped, by, <laughs> you know, all that uh, childhood exposure to horror stuff.
0: Uh, nice. Yeah, man, I'm a big horror fan. Love, love horror. Grew up. My first horror movie was, uh, Linda Blair's Hell Night in the movie theaters. My parents took me to the movie theater to see that as a little kid. Yeah. And that was and it, it just blew my mind. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. It's so crazy. And I just got hooked ever since. Hooked. So thank you, Linda Blair. It wasn't The Exorcist. It was Hell yeah. Night. <laughs>
1: I'm very familiar with Hell Night.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? And that was my first, I'm telling you, my first movie like that. It was great. I, I, I absolutely loved it. And Eric, what about you, man? Because again, you have this awesome art style, very twisted. Just looking at the cover for that, you know, all these masks and everything. But again, you he also helped inspire the other face, of course, you know, with the mask stuff. Yeah. So it's like, wh- where do you get your style from? Like, what inspired that? Just like how, well, a fan of fan, a fan of horror or?
1: I have, yeah, I have to, as far as my, my art style, I mean, I have to start with Bernie Wrightson. And early, if you look at my earlier stuff, it's, you see a lot more, Bernie in there than, than maybe the later stuff. But through him, I, I was familiar with his work before I ever even knew his name. I, okay. I just, you know, I saw, I had seen some, uh, swamp thing comics and was just drawn in by the, the art. And then later, as I started collecting in my teen years and everything, I was like, Oh, that's that guy who does the swamp, does swamp thing, you know, and it's Bernie Wrightson. So through him, I kind of, had a history lesson, kind of backtracked. He, I would read interviews with him and he would talk about his influences and from him, you know, I I got into, you know, a lot of the EC comic artists and everything. Also, Jack Davis is a huge influence on me. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, So
1: I think those two artists, more than anybody
0: have, have really influenced my work. Excellent, man. Beautiful work. Thank you guys for inspiring these gentlemen here for real. cuz again the book is amazing dropping August 11th people got to scoop this 200 plus page book that will keep you mesmerized folks i promise you It's a great tale i'm halfway through and uh, i'm i'm hooked i got to finish before i do my work so sorry guys <laughs> if i post things late <laughs> it's all about this yeah i always say Ed jean so it's not jean he said you already pronounced it again French gene gene G-I-N. Gein.
2: Yeah, apparently, uh, his father was, uh, his background was Scottish, and apparently the family name was originally McGee, uh, which is why it's pronounced like King. E-E-N. You know, if you yeah. look at it, you think it should be "Gine," the way it would be in German, but it's actually originally a
0: Scottish name, so. Okay, gotcha. Oh, this guy homie homie did my research. I, I, your fa- <laughs> your paperwork and research must be sick, bro. It, it must be I, I <laughs> very intriguing. Eric, please let me know when you have that adventure. <laughs> yeah, at, at Howard's house. <laughs> I was
1: I was very bummed when. COVID broke out. That, that I thought I can was canceled. Eric,
0: Damn you COVID.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <missing the> <laughs> I mean there were much there are much worse things happening in the world due to COVID, but that that was a bummer for sure. Well still in the cards. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. I would definitely love to know more when you see that research. That'd be pretty cool. Take some snap some pics of like, yeah, this. also awesome. folks this is what pre-internet research looks like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Guys, you guys have been awesome. I've been sharing, of course, with people who can actually visit you guys. Folks, check out Eric, right, at Goon Guy on Twitter. And please check out the publishing press Albatross, EFB and also the website, Albatross of uh, Funny Books. Hit the shop up. There's so much great stuff you could uh, purchase from there. And, of course, you got to check out Howard's website. You know, he ain't on social, so you want to know what Howard's up to? Go to com and see everything that he's working on. You know, do, do, uh, do you have a blog there, too? Do you write? Do you keep people up to date on your website? Do you keep your website up to date naturally and, and provide some thoughtful insights about yourself or just when you actually, got a project coming? Actually, I never go on it. But <laughs> I, have somebody who, uh,
2: I have somebody who keeps it up for
0: me gotcha 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 awesome but people go visit the website so as his assistant updates it you see everything that he's got coming guys you've been awesome i can't wait to finish the book and when it comes out i gotta get that hardcover for real i wasn't aware about the kickstarter i wish i was because i would have uh, definitely kicked into this one definitely worthy i uh, support everything you you do eric and harold um, based on what i've done look back on and reading here and just uh hearing you speak yo i'm definitely gonna check out a lot of your work and especially your, your New York calling me, so New York love and support coming your way too. Came <laughs> here right back at you. So, folks, again, there it goes. All right, show the guys love. Show the book some love. Let me put it back on screen real quick. Right, right there. Look at this awesome book. All right, show the love, folks. Comes out August eleventh. All right, and that, and that is that-
1: the the limited edition cover by William Stout.
0: Oh, so bro, what a great job. Oh, and I see he goes, yeah, 1978 with stout. It says that. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. Awesome. Guys, thanks again. yo. You guys have been awesome. Thank hey, you guys hey. for being creative. Thank you for providing us entertainment. God bless you guys on uh, your journey. Continue success today and always. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks, thanks for having you. us. Later, guys. Bye. See ya. And folks, that was Eric Powell, Harold Schechter legends and their respective genres working together and collaborating on an amazing new book please again purchase this book on august 11th from albatross funny books you will not regret it trust you me and thanks again everybody that tuned in to checked this out to set what up i appreciate it hasta la próxima mi gente thank you for listening to the comic crusaders podcast if you like the content please subscribe and turn on notifications Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today.